Lisa and I welcome Sierra Sill to our podcast. Got a grumpy old man in your life? Change that. Okay, not that way. <laughs> Sierra Sill Natural Mineral Joint Pain Relief with a money back guarantee at Shoppers, London Drugs, and the best health food stores. Head over to sierrasill.com. S I E R R A S I L.com. Use your code GF and get 10% off your purchase. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us or letting us join you wherever you are today. It's Gracefully and Frankly, episode number four, and I'm Lisa Brandt. I'm Erin Davis. What color M&M would you be, Lisa? Hmm, probably yellow. Good, I'll be green. Okay. And then we'll figure out what it all means. I mean, talking M&Ms today only because it's number 169 in Has the World Lost Its Mind? But we'll get to that in a little bit. New Zealand, it's not a matter of the electorate changing their mind. Jacinda Ardern just said, nope, I've had enough. And we're going to talk about the question that was raised so clumsily by the BBC. But the possibilities to the answer, can a woman have it all? Yeah, we're going there. And you know where else we're going? We're going to Zeller's inside the Bay to uh, celebrate the return of the iconic brand. We think, we're not sure, but it's supposed to be uh, what you loved about Zeller's. And I think everybody loves something a little bit different. I know my favorite stuff isn't coming back. Well, find out what her favorite stuff was. Ours was baby sleepers. Rob used to buy these hideous little baby sleepers that were as scratchy as a scouring pad. But for some reason, he thought they made baby Lauren look like a little prisoner. They're not coming back either. I'm quite sure they were probably flammable. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, including Lisa's swear jar. Why? Uh, or WTF. But we want to tell you something we swear is the highest quality and five of them. We've got five of these to give away. And we are so excited about it, aren't we, Lisa? Yes, we are. The Envy Pillows. These are premium pillows. These pillows are, well, we both sleep on them and they are the only certified anti-aging pillow mm -hmm. in the known universe. And they're so comfortable. We're giving five of them away. And here's how you do it. Okay, all you do is listen carefully to episodes one through five of Gracefully and Frankly. You're already on number four. In my math, that's an 80%. We're going to ask 10 questions, and the people who answer them all correctly will be put in a draw. Now, the contest is going to close on February 10th. We're going to post those questions on our Facebook page, February 3rd. We'll also do it live here during the podcast, so don't worry about that. Contest closes February 10th, and then guess what? On Valentine's Day, we're going to let you know who won, so it's pretty cool. We're going to repeat those questions for you coming up on episode six, so don't worry. You're going to hear the questions. You're going to read the questions, and if you're not on Facebook, that's okay. You can just go to AaronDavis.com and all the details will be there. Oh, and these pillows, even though Lisa and I have them, yours will be brand new. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And That's kind of important, right? The winners will be the envy <laughs> of everyone else who has uh, entered the contest. For sure. That is very important. You don't want to share your pillow. All right. And by the way, contestants only in Canada and the U.S. Learn more about these pillows, all of their wonderful products, and the fact you can get 10% off by using the code GF at EnvyPillow.com. Thank you. All right, let's get to it. Oh my gosh, we're almost at the end of January. 
We've almost made it, Lisa. How can that happen so quickly and so slowly? (laughs) True. (laughs) But this year so far, whether you want to call it the rabbit or just the squirreliest things that have been happening, um, it's enough to make you shake your head. So we're going to shake our heads instead of you. You just relax and listen to this because... There's a lot going on. And we got to start with the new prime minister of New Zealand, Chris Hipkins, which, of course, in Kiwi is Chris Hipkins. Anyway, (laughs) I'll make him fun. It's a delightful, delightful accent. But yeah, there's a new prime minister just sworn in yesterday. And I I worry for this guy. But the one thing that he has that uh, Jacinda Ardern did not have was um, different physical appendages. I thought you were just going to say a penis. He's got a penis. Well, see, you did a different kind of morning show than I did, Lisa. I know, I know. We're adults. We're allowed to use actual anatomical words. And we'll get to your swear jar. I promised last week. I swore we'd get to the swear jar later. Penis is not a swear. There, I said it. That's right. But also, he said that nobody has ever, ever been subjected to what she was, the misogyny, the actual physical threats, the terrorism. Everything she had on top of those shoulders, besides a terrorist attack, a pandemic, an actual natural disaster. And, you know, on the other hand of that, having a baby, which, of course, is all part of it. But it's just it's astounding what she was put through. And it just makes you wonder who is running for office these days with this kind of stuff being thrown at you. When I was on radio in London, Ontario, there was a group trying to get more women to run because we need representation, right? And we need we need it at all levels, whether it's a prime minister of a country or, or a city councillor. And I used to say to them, why? Why would a woman put herself through that? Because you know it's going to be full of hate and full of sexism. It's the old boys club. And I have a fear that I used to think the old boys would all die off and then things would be better. But I think there's another generation of old boys that are causing some of these problems, whether they're out in the electorate or whether they're in parliament. You're absolutely right. When you look at the leaders of the parties, even in our country, they're not old boys, but uh, some of them are using old boys tactics and, and it's exclusion and it's getting people angry at each other, division, divisiveness. It's all, it's all just stirring the pot constantly. And, uh, you probably heard about the, the bank robbery in Saanich that happened. Yes. They finally kind of boiled it all down to what it was. And these twin brothers who lived up island, they had just been completely radicalized and, you know, they were against everything. They were against gun control and they decided they were going to go out and take as many cops with them as they could. And so it's this online radicalization that is happening. And it's, it's just the, the message of hate, hate, hate. If you are different, then I want to kill you. Yeah. And it's how do you pull that genie back in the bottle? I don't know that we can, Lisa. I don't want to start this off in our first segment on a negative note, but oh my gosh, how do we, how do we pull this back? So we see this happening all over the world where people are saying they have the right to murder a politician because they're being made to wear a mask or whatever ridiculousness that's going on, right? Right. It's to the point now, it's almost like mass shootings in the U.S. where we're almost uh, desensitized to it. And there's just some other idiot saying, okay, I'm going to kill you and your family because you're making me 
stay home and I can't make a living. No, it's a virus making you stay home. But anyway, I don't know how someone is supposed to tolerate that for even as long as she did. And good for her for choosing life and saying, you know what? I don't have anything left in the tank. Her chief of staff told a great story about what kind of woman she is. And he said uh, he went to her because he found something embarrassing about an opponent and he wanted to release it. And she said, no, no, no. And he said, well, you know, it'll be like a blind item. It'll be released to a journalist. We won't be attached to it. She said, no, I want to do a different kind of politics. And I think that trying to swim against the tide of the gross, (laughs) you know, dirty play that happens in politics is just, it's too much. It's too much to ask of somebody. I absolutely agree with you. And uh, it's a lot of the problem that they say in the United States is the Democrats want to play nice and uh, the Republicans are just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know, from Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene to George Santos, whatever, whatever or whoever he is. It's all just so bizarre. And we in Canada are certainly not immune to it. I mean, talking about those Octorloni brothers up island who committed this horrific crime, we're not immune, but we we really have to be more careful. So why don't we just sit back and have ourselves some nice, crunchy chocolate candies that have, oh no, not M&Ms too. (laughs) And you know, come on, Tucker Carlson, the purple one's bigger because she's got a peanut in her, for goodness sake. (laughs) I thought you were going to say that word again. That's because that's that's how babies are made. That's how they make those little tiny M&M sleeves. And they do exist. (laughs) And they come in little canisters. They're so cute. (laughs) Okay, we're talking now about the latest so much ado about nothing. But actually, the Mars Wrigley Company has answered to this. And you can be sure we're going to be seeing ads for this in the upcoming Super Bowl. You just know it. This has Super Bowl written all over it. But let's take you back to Monday of this week when Eminem made this announcement. America, let's talk. Would you sing something behind me, Lisa, like Pomp and Circumstance or something like... Mm-hmm. I'd really like people to keep listening. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> They say, in the last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice, and we definitely didn't think it would break the internet. But now we get it. Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing, which was the last thing M&M's wanted since we're all about bringing people together. Okay, they're talking about the shoes on the M&M because the idiot on Fox, Tucker Carlson, was complaining that the sexy boots M&M was now wearing sneakers. And might it mean she's a lesbian? Unbelievable. Can we just not? So now we're not going to see the M&M's. We're going to see Maya Rudolph. Which is a win. We love Maya. We do. We love Maya. But how ridiculous is that? For one thing, who is paying that close attention to a candy? Like, they're sexualizing a candy. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You tell us how everybody is being groomed. (laughs) I mean, honestly, what kind of basement are you living in when this is a thing and Tucker Carlson is your group's spokesperson? I don't get it. 
I don't get it either. M&Ms are my husband's favorite candy. He likes the peanut butter ones. Ooh. That aside, I don't think he could tell you what kind of footwear they have. You know, there's something really weird about that. There's something odd. Like you're blowing up the picture and looking at their feet. I, I just don't understand it at all. I eat the candy and, you know. Yeah, shut your candy hole. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> I, Lisa, it's from the people who brought you the war on Christmas, which doesn't exist, right. never existed. And again, it just feeds that machine that needs the division, needs the we versus they, needs the peanut M&M versus the non-peanut M&M. Right. Can I just say, peanut butter M&M, really, Derek? You need someone to chew your peanuts for you. <laughs> there is a little bit of a swell on the Internet among people who think that this is an entire hoax and that at the Super Bowl, the M&Ms are all going to come back in their original footwear with Maya Rudolph as their best friend, as, you know, kind of Muppet style. Well, human with the Muppets type of thing. Oh. So I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't know. Probably not. It's just silly. It is. And furthermore, how could they not have gone for the obvious spokesperson? M&M. Right. Well, they've got to be woke, right? That's the whole thing. You know, this is what Tucker Carlson says they're doing by changing the footwear. So they have, a you know, an African-American woman who is beloved and very funny. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing. I wear sneakers sometimes. Oh. I even wear Harley boots. What does that say about me? Right. That my candy coating is is not all that it seems? I don't know. You are enigmatic. When you go back even for five decades to what we were seeing on TV. Now, BBC asked a question when the prime minister was stepping down in New Zealand. They said of Jacinda Ardern, they said, can a woman have it all? Well, all hell broke loose on that one because that's a question that, you know, was asked 40 years ago. I think Gloria Steinem probably had to answer that a hundred times in a day. And now here's the BBC with a headline. I think it was radical feminists who may have come up with that, that women can have it all. Go get your job, go do everything, you know, have your your baby tied to your breast and uh, and you can have it all. You can get it all done. And I don't I just it's such a landmine of a thought and a question. Who's asking Justin Trudeau if he can have it all? Well, that's right. And um, there had to be radical feminism, I think, in order to kick the doors open back then. Good point. Great point. And anyone who believes that women are equal is a feminist. And, I, and I'm and i so sorry that the word feminism has taken on such a, you know, it's it's almost like, well, you remember Rush Limbaugh used to call women feminazis. It was just the most disgusting thing. But the feminism that, that came about or had to come about because of commercials like this one. Listen to this. Because I'm a woman. Give her Ajoli, the eight-hour perfume for that twenty-four-hour woman. I can work till five o'clock. Come home and read your tickety talk. Tonight I'm gonna cook for the kids. And if it's loving you, one, I can kiss you and give you the shivering fit. Ajoli, the eight-hour perfume for your twenty-four-hour woman. You remember that one, the the perfume commercial? Oh. 
tickety-tock. I can do all of this because I'm a woman. And it was just, oh. And you look back. I mean, we're looking back with adult eyes now, sophisticated eyes, eyes that have seen the world and didn't realize what they were drilling into our heads that long ago. It's products of the times. And now, of course, we're discussing the footwear of candies. <laughs> this is how far we've come. My goodness. The question that the BBC posed, they took that headline down right away. And you and I both know from being behind the scenes in the news business, it was probably just some some intern who was working in the evening and went, oh, here's a story. I'm going to put a headline on it and just put it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really... I give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. I don't think that it came from the upper, you know, C-suites at the BBC, this question. And, but it did stir up a lot of anger. I agree with you. I think a lot of times when people think it's malicious, it's really just done thoughtlessly. Yeah. And we're both married to feminists. And I don't think there are a lot of people out there who just want to rip a, a woman down in the media. There are some. Yeah, yeah. There are. And, you know, they're mostly the ones that we've already talked about, the names that have come out of our mouths that I never thought would. But can a woman have it all? I think the answer is a qualified yes. But that qualification is, does she have support? Yes, a woman can have it all, but she can't have it all alone. Nobody can do this alone. And no man can do this alone either. I mean, if you look at a single parent, If you take Sophie out of the picture with Justin Trudeau and his children, yes, he could do it all, but he's going to need a staff. He's going to need family. He's going to need people to help with his children. And this is largely why having it all usually is uh, a privilege of the rich. Yes. Uh, Really, because you you get a nanny, you can get uh, daycare, although there is subsidized daycare. But you know what I mean? You have to have that, like you say, that support. And if you don't have family readily available, you got to buy them Mm -hmm. and or rent them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it does go. I know, I actually know a few men who are trying to do absolutely everything because the mother's out of the picture and um, and they're in the same boat. But they're not trying to do it as prime minister of a country. They're just trying to get through every day without <laughs> dropping of exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. And I look at Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation in the United States, and he and his husband, Chasten, have two children. And uh, while people were busy ragging on Buttigieg for taking parental leave, mm. it turns out that one of them had terrible illness and was in the hospital and they were praying, praying for his life and just watching him every second. And and in the meantime, while Pete was in tears, he was running out of the hospital room to answer texts or or be available for online meetings and stuff. So it's just you don't know half of the sacrifices that people make. You made a very good point about the benefit of the doubt that um, people take what they see uh, too often and think that's the whole story. And they don't stop and think, well, this person has a personal life, 11 hours a day or however many hours a day. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe something else is going on. You know, it's just compassion isn't just for uh, puppies with three legs. It should be for everybody, you know, it's just, we've got to just be kinder. Absolutely. Kinder to everybody. I agree. We are the world. We are the children. There you go. (laughs) We are. So what do you think of this about Zeller's coming back? 
like they say they're going to offer the Zellers experience in 25 stores. What does that mean to you, Lisa? I've seen so much excitement about this, and I'm, I'm not feeling it. Well, Zellers was founded in London, Ontario, which is my sort of home city now. And Stop. Um, Come on. Yeah, 1931. So London will be one of the cities that's coming into. Here's Here are the things that I'm thinking. One, we know HBC is in trouble. So how are they going to make sure that the Zeller stuff and the Bay stuff doesn't cross over. Well, I I have an idea how, because I've looked on their website for a handbag and I'm not going to pay $5,900. But anyway. What do you have left to put in it when you've paid $5,900 for a purse? That's what I want to know. <laughs> What's left to go in there? Are you like the queen? Is it a marmalade sandwich for Paddington Bear? Or like, what goes in there? <laughs> Very good point. Anyway, go on. Okay. Yeah, I do not know. But when I used to go to Zeller's when I lived in Toronto, um, it was honest ads for dishes and everything because it was cheap and cheerful. But when I used to go to Zeller's, it was for cleaning products and stuff like that. Whether well, I cannot see the Bay doing that. They must be bringing in like a lower end garment line than they have at the Bay or something. I just don't know. I'm not that excited about it, but I will go out and see it. I would do anything to help Hudson's Bay Company stay alive. Um, lately, I've been shopping HBC online, which isn't exactly helping the brick and mortar HBC at my local mall, but... The local mall doesn't have the exact sizes or, you know, the the models of whatever I want. Yeah. So I am shopping online. I feel even though it's, I'm sure, run by an American conglomerate, but, you know, I really feel this loyalty to HBC. But there are people who are just over the moon to see Zellers coming back, but with a caveat, Lisa. They're saying it's only Zellers if it has the lunch bar and the club <laughs> sandwiches and the fries and gravy and all that. And I, I don't know. Do you see that happening in the Bay? There's no lunch bar in the Bay that I know of. I do not see that happening. That was not my Zellers experience. I've never, I never ate anything there unless I was eating on the way in, but, um, <laughs> which is entirely possible. You need your energy. Eat those M&Ms. <laughs> that's right. You know, so that wasn't, that's not something that I'm looking for. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't see how it's going to happen. Are they going to plumb in the middle of a an HBC, a Bay store, and throw in a, a lunch counter? I don't know. If they're that desperate to bring back this uh, reason to bring people into the stores, maybe, but I just I don't see it either. I'm not a retail analyst, though, you know? But you shop, do. and you know what you want and what it could be. You know what we don't have here out west is Giant Tiger. And when I went to visit you back in November, you took me into St. Thomas. And that was one of our big outings was yes. GT Boutique. And I came back with all kinds of fleece and Christmas presents for people. Because I think I got a pair of Toronto Maple Leafs pajama pants for Rob for like 15, 19 bucks or something. And oh, yeah. you can't go wrong with that. Well, you have London Drugs, and that is an incredible store that I wish was here in Ontario because... Wait a sec. What? No, come on. What? You're near London, where Zellers was founded, she tells us, because, you know, you know these things. But there's no London Drugs in London? No London Drugs. Can you believe it? That's crazy. It's such a great store. I mean, I would like a London Drugs. I miss Target. I wish Target was still in Canada. I know a lot of people were disappointed with them. 
I wasn't. Really? You weren't? Because I totally got why people were disappointed with Target. And it's because those of us who had been south of the border knew what Target was. Here in Canada, it was kind of a Zeller's Light or kind of an average discount store. And it it didn't come close to Target in the United States. And we expected lower prices and more quality and more merchandise. And it just didn't materialize. I think because I live close enough to the border that I could always just go to an American Target quickly, I it didn't bother me that it was different and maybe not as good, because then I would just go, <laughs> if I really wanted to, pop over to Port Huron and check out. I don't know. I liked it. Maybe it is because of the, the whole department store thing. I miss that feeling of a department store. Um, I, that's what we grew up on. I, we always, my mom always took us to Eaton's. There was a store in Brantford called The Right House that we used to go to, and I, I just really liked that whole era of the, hmm. you know, have, being dragged into Sears so my brother could get husky jeans, you know, and uh, <laughs> those great memories <laughs> that, that developed. That's not a brand name like the gas station, is it? No. Oh, it's gosh. a size. It's a size. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we could get in trouble here, but we're not going to. Let's talk about your swear jar, girl. You said last week that coffee was your last real vice, and I called you on that because, oh, by the way, speaking of coffee being vices, I'm going away next month for three weeks. We're still going to do our podcast, but call me crazy. I am packing away my little Nespresso coffee maker because I know they don't have one. (laughs) And I've weighed it. It's like seven pounds. It's fantastic. You know, the fact that you bring that to little trips. (laughs) When I came home after being out there with you and you had brought the Nespresso to this house, I bought an Nespresso. So you're like an Nespresso ambassador. Am I? Oh, maybe they'll be our Mm. next sponsor. You know, we've got Envy Pillow to put you to sleep and Nespresso to wake you up. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're looking for spokespeople. I mean, I mean, we're as famous as George Clooney, right? Oh, sure. I, I, um, for me, it's Danny DeVito, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. We are totally, we're in Danny DeVito territory. Okay, so I'm at your house, and right next to that aforementioned coffee maker is a swear jar. And I was gobsmacked because it's just you and Derek. Like, it's not like you have to watch out for little ears when the words fly and stuff. But let's go back a little bit to why is it the broadcasters are so adept? at swearing. Yeah, I don't know. And I used to take such chances sometimes around a live microphone and people would, their eyes would get really big. I knew when it was on or off. And even when I worked in the studio at 680 News where somebody else controlled the microphone, I still took chances. I don't know. It's like dancing on the edge. And and I wasn't exactly swearing all constantly, but I would let one out here and there. Oh, you had to. I don't know. Why do you think? You know, I didn't even swear until I got out of college and my second job was in Windsor at CKLW, which is just the most macho bro environment you could possibly have. But hey, name drop alert. You know who my news director was? (laughs) Kristen Bell's dad. No way. Tom Bell. So when she was little, I babysat her and her two now stepsisters. Long story, but there you go. That's so cool. So I lived in that environment and you try really hard to fit in when you're 19 and new in the business and they know how green you are. And so I learned to swear there. I really did. And, you know, there are going to be a few people who listen now and go, oh, I'm so disappointed. Don't be disappointed if you didn't know that about me. It's okay. (laughs) 
We're going to learn a lot of things about each other on this show. That's okay. I never got caught on the air swearing. I'm, I'm very fortunate, but I'm like you. It was on the edge. And I'll tell you, my partners all swore like crazy in the studio and they yelled too. So, I mean, how that stuff never got out on the air. I don't know. I think it's just very good producers and very good luck. At my very first job in Red Deer, Alberta, my first full-time radio job, Red Deer, Alberta, doing overnight country, all request radio. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get the volume to go up on the board so I could hear what was going on in the air. And I was at the microphone trying to figure it out. I went and got my colleague, Ron, and I was up at the mic swearing a blue streak, frustration coming out over why I couldn't do this. He clapped his hand over my mouth and shut the microphone off. So over one of the country songs, people were hearing this tirade of of swearing. And it was the middle of the night and it was Red Deer. So it's not oh. like I was on national TV or anything. But mm. uh, you think that would have taught me, right? But it really didn't. It didn't teach me much. People just thought it was an extra special edition of the rodeo song. <laughs> <laughs> it's 40 below and I don't give yeah. a yeah. yeah oh my gosh okay so why the swear jar now so this is not to make us not swear so much but to create an awareness of when my husband swears because he was in radio a long time he's a guy um and he would would bring out an f bomb in places when I felt he wasn't reading the room yet and it made me uncomfortable. Um, or he would start telling a story and he would throw a couple in. And I think, oh, my goodness, you're giving an impression that's not you. And I think you need to read the room. You need to know the people you're with. And you need to you know, don't just start throwing all the F's and S's and everything out there. So I was trying to create awareness for him. But wouldn't you know it? The first person to put money in the jar was me. Nah. <laughs> so I'm aware. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, poor Derek. I mean, it, I, I know he can't help swearing. I didn't mind it at all, but it was the other people at the christening who were so upset. <laughs> Sorry, father. <laughs> so now the swear jar, I've emptied it in my purse and uh, the swear jar has become a gratitude jar for 2023. So we're putting in things we're grateful of because the, the swearing thing was a huge uh, failure. So there you go. Oh, that's cool. We used to do that at rotary meetings. Yeah. I have a vase that I put in every Sunday. I write down something from the week prior that I'm I'm grateful for. So, of course, you are among those wonderful things for which I'm grateful. And everybody who's listening, and again, as we wrap up for today, don't forget to go to AaronDavis.com for the rules on our contest that we're going to be doing. It'll be 10 questions about the first five episodes of Gracefully and Frankly. And among the people who get the 10 right, five will be chosen randomly and you'll be contacted to get one of these gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous envy pillows. Lisa, you and I know from these things, copper infused silk, they are just so beautiful. Premium, premium yep. pillows. Yep. Yeah. They'll make you angry at your regular pillow. <laughs> For not trying hard enough. Yes, that's right. It'll make your regular pillow envy your envy pillow. There you go. Right on. We are so looking forward to giving those away. And thanks again to Envy Pillow. Thanks to you for listening. We love that you get in touch with us because your emails are great. A lot of folks are making suggestions. And don't feel bad if we don't use them because we don't even use each other's most of the time. <laughs> 
It's true. I suggested the sex life of M&Ms, but no, we went somewhere completely different. <laughs> well, when I found out what the uh, purple M&M was into, I just thought it was a little too much. Totally get it. But listen, what happens behind the doors of a candy store is really none of our business. So you call your bedroom the candy store too, don't you? That's right. <laughs> or the deep freeze, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the week. Right, right. All right, we'll talk to you next time on Gracefully and Frankly. I'm Erin. I'm Lisa. Bye-bye. Bye.